Welcome to Canucks After Dark. Here are your hosts, Parker Hallowell and Clay Emo. Good evening, Vancouver. Right on time, 10 p.m. on Monday, November 1st. And welcome back to another episode of Canucks After Dark, your one-stop shop for Vancouver Canucks talk after 10 p.m. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay Hemo. How are you doing today? <laughs> I am great, Parker. How are you? I, I, I'm, I'm giggling. Great. Yeah, I'm giggling because I know where you kept, you're coming from and what you had to do to get here on time. And I'm joking around how you can make it after an intense uh, battle to the end of regulation in your hockey game. And I couldn't even get one guy to bowl a little bit faster a few weeks ago. <laughs> and I had time for a beer in the dressing room. We're, uh, we're firing on all cylinders here. Um, and uh, so it was a tie your game. Yeah, we tied, unfortunately. Oh, okay, yes. Okay. And unfortunately the, the Canucks have not tied in a while with three straight losses. We'll get to that, but, uh, you know, we do have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. We got three games to go over. None of them went the Canucks oh. way. Uh, we're going to talk about, um, sort of the panic index where we're at on that. Who's to blame when it comes to these issues here. Uh, could Travis green be on the hot seat this early only, 10 games is it 10 they played 10 games nine games into his nine. contract Ugh. um we've got travis hammock who we talk about every week because news about him drops every monday apparently um we've got uh we're gonna tyler talk about Elias Pedersen. we've got tyler mott we've got oliver ekman larson we've got mm. three games to preview we're gonna have an ad read in there we're gonna have don't do that we're gonna have your questions there's so much for us to talk about uh and uh, we're gonna try to fit it all in in the next our clay uh is there anywhere you want to start anything you want to bring up before we get going here well you know i do like to go chronologically even though the hammock and mott news is fresh but i we can build up to that i think because i think we got to set the stage if that's cool with you yeah and i think that's less important uh than the canucks performance lately True. Uh, and True. so we'll start with home opener uh, october ah. 26th uh, a game I, I paid to go to uh, <laughs> the Minnesota wild taking down the Canucks three to two back last Tuesday. Um, an absolute snoozer of a game. I think uh, the, the first game back on home ice, I will say the, the intro video was phenomenal. The whole Avengers thing, the whole, like the way they had like the ice set up, it was really cool, really well done. Uh, and then the Canucks followed it up with a pretty weak performance. Uh, Clay, what was your, what did you take away from this one? Well, it was kind of cool. We were texting each other. You were at the game in some pretty sweet seats. If I may say so myself, they look good. Lower bowl, right? Yeah. I thought, you know what? First game of the season, I'll spend the extra. It was on, I was on seat geek and it was actually like $15 a ticket. And I was like, all right, I'm I'll, I'll pay the extra $15 a ticket to get some better seats. But yeah. Now I admit, maybe this isn't very becoming of a, 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 uh, you know, a YouTube vlog, a Canucks vlogger. I didn't, I was watching the game from the bowling alley, right? Every Tuesday night. So no sound on the TV. So I was trying to figure out who was doing what and who was playing well, following your tweets, following tweets of people. Then I see us uh, basically not playing well, giving up some goals, odd man rushes. Then I see Horvat scoring this really nice goal with a few mm -hmm. minutes left. Then I get all excited. And then it just kind of goes after that. Nothing happens after that. <laughs> yeah. And that was sort of the case uh, in these Canucks games this week is there was a lot of time where just not a lot happened. Uh, there weren't, they weren't very exciting games. Uh, I think they got a little bit ex more exciting as some of the games went on, especially uh, the last game yeah. uh, against the Oilers yeah. uh, on Saturday, but we'll get to that. Uh, we'll go. So in this game, we had goals from chase on goals from Horvat 
yeah. uh was was uh demko was in net for the first one he was yeah uh and he stopped 23 of or 27 of 30 so uh, okay. a clean 900 uh but the canucks uh lose that one and you know people are starting to be like all right elias Pettersson still isn't playing well the canucks are struggling they're i think that game put them back at 500 uh put them back to three three and one and everyone's like all right, right well it's all right it's all right they play the flyers next they beat them already uh and then they go out against the flyers and 22 seconds in <sighs> it's sean couturier on a two-on-one uh just a, a complete defensive failure on the first shift of the game sort of set the tone canucks go back they answer quinn hughes uh, scores a quick one uh, shot from the point. And it was another, another goal against Philadelphia that gets weirdly deflected in goes yeah. uh, off the goalie and in uh, to make it one, one. And then we had JVR uh, six fifty eight into the first period. So in the first seven minutes, three goals were scored everything. And for the next 53 minutes, nothing happened. Uh, so this was a, a game that was completely boring. Uh, both teams <laughs> had 28 shots uh, and another game that, I think this is the game where I I started to hit the panic button a little bit. Uh, Canucks drop below 500. Uh, yeah. Elias Pettersson is eight games in and has done has looked terrible uh, to this point. Uh, no one on the ice looked good uh, during this game, uh, and I was getting nervous because I said right after that road trip, yeah. uh, right after the um, the first game at home against the Wild when it was three when they were three three and one. I said, man, if the Canucks lose like two or three more in a row. So you start to get nervous, right? And they lose to Philadelphia. Uh, and then they lose to Edmonton on Saturday night. Another 2-1 game. So in the past three games at home, they've played 180 minutes at home. And they have four goals. And this one came with seven seconds left. Uh, and it was a great goal by Brock Besser, his 100th of his career. But uh, an early goal from Fogel. Uh, a goal late in the second from Dreisaitl, and that was basically it. Brock Besser with a late one in the third period. Um, so three kind of just rough games where the Canucks get nothing going at home. Um, I guess my question for you is, uh, I guess first we'll get your thoughts on the on the Philadelphia game and the, the Oilers games. Yeah, the Philly game, Halak, I, I didn't like the way he looked on that first goal, but I admit after that, he, you, I agree with you. None of the skaters were good, but I noticed you, maybe you intentionally said none of the skaters because Halak, that the power play goal that Philly scored on, that was a nice tic tac toe play. I like, mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out where the puck was supposed to go or coming from. And then yeah, he their shut power the door. Plays good. Yeah. Their power yeah. plays, like, they're trying cool things. I yes. think I had a tweet and I was like, I wish the Canucks tried weird stuff on the power play. Like, just bank, go out and do something passes, weird. Yeah. Yeah, but so Halak was fine. He certainly wasn't the issue, but you're exactly right. Uh, the goaltenders haven't been the issue when they're only allowing two, three, and then one or whatever the order was, three, two, and two. You got to be able to score at least two goals in this league. You got to at least score one power play goal. When you're going 0 for 5, 0 for 4, that's or not even drawing any uh, penalties like they, they couldn't do against Edmonton. You know there are bigger issues in the goaltending, so I, I think we'd agree that goaltending is the least of our issues right now. Uh, yeah, that Philly game w- was tough because that is a team that we had a very exciting game against in, the, in like the first week of the season, and to to lay that egg uh, mm-hmm. uh, in a series of eggs this this week, it's not even Easter. That was tough. That was tough. Yeah, wrong holiday. It's Halloween. <laughs> um, and yeah, the the Philadelphia game. I, I did my my post game show after this one, and I had so I had mm-hmm. a couple people saying like, "Man, Halak should have had the first one," and all this stuff. And it's like, look, Halak allowed two goals on yep. twenty eight shots. 
he did his job, right? Yes. If the team behind you, the team in front of you can't score two goals in an NHL game, you're going to lose most yes. of the time regardless, right? Uh, same with the Edmonton game, right? Sure, Demko, you know, mm-hmm. let, let in two goals on 34 shots. That's really good. That's very good. <laughs> but yes. if the team in front of him, it takes them it takes them 59, almost 60 minutes to score a goal, <laughs> uh, then, you know, you're not going to win any games. Wasn't it most the most aggravating thing, Parker? Uh, I know you're at the Abbotsford game, but I'm, I'm sure you caught some of the highlights. That Darnell Nurse takes that penalty with two and a half minutes left. Yep. So you're you're six on four now, not six on five, six on four, and then PD breaks his stick on a on a pass, not even a one timer. It was a pass. Yeah. So then you lose some time there, and and, and you know best Costco uh, makes an amazing blocker save on Best, yeah, where if he safe. scored that, obviously Nurse comes out of the penalty box, but then. Now you have a bit of life with a minute left, not five seconds left. So there are just so many things that went wrong. And uh, I was joking, nothing to do with the performance, but it started off wrong when I, I think you saw my tweet where I, I was filming Marie with my who, with my light on my cell phone. flashlight and, on. And people were texting me saying, hey, idiot, I can see you from across the <laughs> arena with your light. Like, it was so bad, Parker. It was so on bad. national television. <laughs> oh, that is, that's excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Only I'm this so, guy. That, Only makes, this that guy. makes me happy. Um, yeah, so three bad games. Uh, the Canucks are now at three, five, and one. So two games below 500, and that puts them where in the Pacific Division? Seven. Oh, uh, they are tied with Los Angeles. However, yeah. they have one less regulation win. The Canucks have only won two games out of their nine in regulation. Keep that in yeah. mind. Yeah. Um, they are ahead of Seattle, same amount of points, but Seattle's played one more game. Uh, Good Vegas, thing they suck. Yep. Vegas started out slow. And I, and I said, you know, this is the time to try to build a bit of a gap on Vegas, right? When they start weak. Yeah. Well, they're back up to four and four. They're in fifth. Anaheim's three, four and three. Uh, San Jose's hanging on at five and three. They're third in the division still. Calgary's six, one and one. And Edmonton is seven and one with a ridiculous power play. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a real uphill battle. Now, look. The Canucks are really only, you know, oh, if they win a game, they're right back in the mix, right? They yes. they just, it's just, and people are like, oh, it's it's only nine games. Well, you're eleven percent into the season, yes, right? You you will you have ninety percent of the year left, which sounds like a lot, but it'll start moving quick, right? And the if you're behind a little bit now, and that gap just keeps growing a little bit, and you're playing from behind a lot, and you're trying to, you know, come back in every game you play, yeah. things fall apart really quickly. Parker, I'm just looking at the standings. Isn't it? gross how anaheim is three four and three so they've won three of their 10 games yet they're ahead of us <laughs> yeah and they they have allowed 10 more goals in the canucks they've also scored nine more goals okay than the so canucks in those 10 games so right. anaheim is scoring anaheim is scoring one more goal per game than vancouver is yeah, like, that's, like, think yeah. about that. This team that has Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, JT Miller, Bo Horvat, Connor Garland, Niels Hoaglander, Vasily Podkolz, and Quinn Hughes, like so many people who can make offense happen and they're scoring less than three goals a game. I know you've talked about this in your live streams. Don't you find it ironic that we were worried about our defense and our offense was going to be so good and it's quite the opposite right now. Yeah, and I I'm not gonna say that the defense has been excellent. Right, um, right. I, I think, so good was the I think the goaltending yeah. has been a big part of that. True. true, um, true. I think I think analytically, I, I saw the Canucks are in like the low or like the high twenties defensively. Mm-hmm. So like okay. around 22, 23 in the league, which is totally fine. That's about where we 
we would have been happy with that going into the season because we expected the, the offense to be around 10, around 10th in the league, right? Because looking at the roster they had, uh, that was sort of our, our hope. And that was kind of what would have to happen for this team to be a playoff team. And it just hasn't yeah. been the case yet. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. My main question in this one, is it a roster problem? Is it an execution problem or is it a coaching problem? So where do you mainly see the blame? Is it that the roster is not good enough right now, uh, which would be on Jim Benning? Is it that the execution isn't good enough, which is on the players? Or is it the coaching that's not good enough, which would be mainly on Travis Green? I'm not sure if we can get to this question later because uh, sometimes we like to surprise each other, but I'm not sure if you get to Benning versus Green hot seat. Cause my answer to that is I still think Benning goes before Green, just my opinion. But to answer this question, I actually don't think the roster. So maybe I'm contradicting myself. I don't think it's the roster. I think it's a combination of two and three, the execution, the coaching problem. And the one thing for me, Parker, the one thing is gosh, take a risk going into the offensive zone, take a risk. Try carrying it over. I bet you you carried the puck over the blue line more in your game tonight than the Canucks have in the past three. Is that fair to say? I was playing defense and I did. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> they, they dump and chase, but they're not fast enough to chase. So they dump and they get pumped. It goes the other way. Uh, we have good puck handlers. Pedersen, mm -hmm. Garland, Miller, Horvat, Hoglander. Let them carry the puck in. I don't understand it. Am I yeah. missing something? I don't play hockey as much as you do. Am I missing something? I don't think so. Because again, I, I always, I think I do this every show and I always look at, I use Edmonton as my example for offense because okay. they have McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins, right? They have these guys who are skilled with the puck and that's yes. what they do. They, it seems so easy for them. And we saw it on Saturday night. It looks like they just walk into the zone and we're like, all right, yeah, we still have the puck. Like you, we didn't have to go in and chase you for it. We didn't have to work hard for it. We, we gained the zone and now we're going to set up. And yeah. for the Canucks, they just can't seem to be able to do that. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if it's a systems thing. I don't know if it's a lack of confidence. Um, yeah. And for my answer to this question, I'm sort of in the same boat. We looked at the roster in the in the offseason, and we looked at it, and we said, yeah, this is a team that can succeed, right? Um, so I don't think the issue is with the roster. Um, there, The execution and coaching again sort of go hand in hand but it's really do you think it's you know that the coaching systems are good and they're they're not executing or uh right. are the players doing the best with what's available to them um yeah up until about four nights ago i was on the like I, i've i've always been pretty positive on travis green um and i think everything like i think my video when he got extended would would um sort of show that um <laughs> And I love Travis Green as a person. I think he's an excellent, excellent leader. Um, I just, I just feel like something. I feel like something needs to change soon if things start falling off a cliff, right? Because sure, you can be three, five, and one, and you're still alive. But what happens if you're three, seven, and one, three, yeah, eight, right. and one, or four, right. four, eight, and one, right? Eventually, I, you're not going to be able to go and make a make a big trade. Try to make some sort of change in that way. It's just not going to happen. Most teams are. It's too early in the season. Most teams aren't ready to um, to make big moves yet. Uh, the Canucks don't really have the capital to make those big moves. Um, not you're not trading your first round pick yet when you're three five and one. Um, so, I think if they're looking at okay, we need to make some sort of change to try to spark confidence. You know, this is the thing that we see teams do all the time and it works a lot, right? Um, we, we've seen a lot of teams do it and it seems like the easiest move. Now I saw, 
I, I saw, I think it was Rob Fay had a tweet and he said, there's no shot. Travis Green gets fired. He's nine games into a new contract. Uh, he's getting paid a lot of money. They're not going to waste that much money. You right. know how much money the Canucks make if they have two home playoff games, three home playoff games, four home playoff games this year? It's millions of dollars, right? More like, than Green's contract. Yes. It's more yes. than Green's contract. So I th- I don't like that argument. Uh, I think if the Canucks are, are like, it, let's say again, let's say they lose tomorrow night, right? Against the Rangers. Three, six, and one. Hmm. Uh, on a team and it's it's not like our expectations are too high right we didn't come out and say oh this is a playoff team this is a playoff team we thought that you know why we thought that because jim benning said it's a playoff team Travis green <laughs> said it's a playoff team francesco aquilini said this is a playoff team our goal is to make the playoffs yeah. and if they're three six and one three seven and one that's not a playoff team uh and and something has to change whether it's on the roster on the coaching staff they're gonna have to do something yeah part of me thinks parker that it's almost like Travis Green, maybe he's not confident in the defense. So he's telling the forwards or whatever the system is, don't try and go one-on-one. Don't try and make a move, dump it in. At least the pucks pass their goal line, right? And then if something crazy happens, we're at least can have the whole ice to figure it out. That's one thing. The other thing is, uh, hear me out on this one. I actually think with Mott and Hamnick, and I know, I know we're going to get to this later, but with them coming back, I actually think it makes the team tougher to play against both up front and on the blue line. It pushes a few guys down in the lineup and I'm not saying we're going to win the Stanley cup now, but I think those two guys can quietly make a big difference. And we're going to, we're going to lament not having them from the start. It's not no one's fault. It just, Mm -hmm. I I think these two guys could collectively, maybe not individually, but you bring in two difference makers. Maybe, maybe it, it helps a little bit, even if it's just for the morale of the team. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I think yeah, I think you're kind of right on that where it looks like and I and I think Harmon Dial on the intermission on the Thursday game was talking about this a lot, how mm. analytically the offense has gotten worse and the defense has gotten better, and how it's looked like the offense is trying to focus more defensively. Yeah. But this roster is made up in a way that they should still be scoring, right? You should still yes. be making plays in the offensive zone. And yes, having guys like Tyler Mott back um travis hamannick back right that'll improve things like your penalty kill hopefully quite a bit um yes. and yeah hopefully move things down the line a bit i don't know exactly what the canucks are at on the um on the pk i was looking at it a few days ago and i think it was in the <laughs> 70s um i actually well, i actually have it right here uh, well saturday canucks, didn't help then they go over two. <laughs> the canucks are 28th in the nhl on the penalty oh. kill at 72 percent uh, and their power play is at 18.8%. So you add those up, you want to be at 100 or more. That means their special teams are good, right? Oh. The Canucks are at 90.8%. Oh. Um, so they're they're allowing too much uh, on the penalty kill. They're not scoring enough on the power play. Their power play is ranked 20th. Um, and with the roster they put together, that they should be higher than that, right? We should be talking yeah. about a team that is in the 22, 23, 25% range. Yes. Um, and yes. they're just, they're not producing, right? We thought you know, getting rid of Newell Brown and bringing in a new power play coach, but nothing changed. Like literally it's exactly the same power play. Um, and I don't know if that's lack of practice. Uh, I don't know it, what the idea is. Um, you know, they should have had a, a couple of practice. They should have a lot of practices this week cause they have a couple of two day gaps, but yeah. you know, I, I just don't really get it. Um, yeah. I, I don't really know what else to say there. Isn't it crazy when I say to you, or I say not just to you, because you know this, but to, to everyone watching and listening, Pedersen and Miller combined had the same amount of goals as one Alex Chason 
or one Justin Dowling. That's not right. No, that's not right. That's bad. <laughs> you know, okay, we're what nine games in. Elias Patterson, Elias Patterson should have three goals minimum, oh. right? JT Miller should have three goals, right? Like we're we're talking about guys who should be scoring thirty goals a year, right? And they're going yep. out there and they're you know they're on pace for, you know, I don't know, twelve, <laughs> like not enough. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, the thing is, <laughs> right. The that thing is sad. we have seen, we, I can see the path out of this, right? Okay. The goaltending is good, right? We know yes. Thatcher Demko is going to be good and he's going to play 57 games or something this year. And he's going to be good. Uh, Halak looks fine. He looks better than Holtby did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. the yeah. defense has looked okay. The real issue is off. The team isn't producing mm-hmm. offensively. And it feels like the, I just, it feels like the players are so good that eventually it has to start working, right? Like eventually something's got to click and they're going to start scoring four goals every game, right? Um, they're, yeah. They can't continue to score two goals a game. It's just not going to happen, right? In, in theory. But I, I just don't know where, uh, like when that turn's going to happen because you do start to run out of time really quickly, especially when you're anticipated to be a bubble team to begin with. So I got a question for you. Let's say, just work with me here. Let's say that Horvat and Garland aren't our worries because Horvat has four and nine. Garland has three. That's, you know, that's 27 goals. And extrapolated. I think it's fair to say that they've been the best players in the top six. Fair sure. enough. Fair. I agree with you. I agree with you. So let's say we'll count Besser as this because he only got two Miller and Pedersen and Pearson only have one each. Okay. And Puck Olsen has uh, has one. Which guy not is most important to break out? Actually, I'll give you both. Which guy do you think breaks out first? Whatever definition of breakout you want to use, maybe score a second goal. And which guy is most important for the Canucks to break out? It might be the same answer to both. Well, mo- most importantly is Patterson, right? Because okay. the level he's playing at right now and the level he can play out is such a game changer, right? Yeah. I mean, we're probably talking about two or three points in the standings if if he had been playing at his peak, I feel sure. like already, because he probably scores in one of these last two games they lost 2-1 and takes it to overtime, right? So yeah. one, maybe two points from that and probably a similar story earlier in the season. So sure. I think he is the most important, not just for this year, but also for the future of the franchise. Um and he looked better on Saturday. Uh, and yes. I think, I think that was sort of the consensus. So that trend's going up. As long as that trend keeps going up, uh, then, then good things are in store there. However, uh, who I think breaks out here, um, I, I'd probably go JT Miller. I, I feel mm. like I feel like he's so close to getting a few more bounces. I mean, he's shooting at 6%. Uh, Patterson's shooting at 4%. <laughs> uh, and, you know, these things, they, they'll, they'll even out eventually. And and I'm sure, you know, uh, hopefully three weeks from now, it's a whole different story. Yeah, I agree with PD for sure is the most important. Uh, his his contract dictates it so, his 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 presence dictates so. I, I have a feeling that Brock Besser, to me, he was really strong as uh, in that Saturday game, especially in that third period. He was kind of the one making a lot of the chances happen. Maybe, yeah, it was five seconds and a mean nothing goal, you know, compared to speaking. Shot, but though. yeah, it was. And maybe for me, it's it's Bessers might be the guy who breaks out a little bit. But yeah, I don't care who, man. I don't care if it's if it's a Lamico who breaks out, just someone break out. Let's see some, yeah, let's see some. Yeah, Lamico's a great, a great call. If Justin Bailey comes out and scores next game, you know, we'll take it. Uh, Canucks do you find, need some. Do you find speed. Bailey a bit one dimensional? A couple people were asking me on my on my stuff. 
you know, I really like Bailey's game and uh, yeah, I get the speed, but I do find him a bit one dimensional on offense. He, he kind of streaks down the boards, tries to beat his guy wide. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I get, he gets to the net once in a while, but may, maybe I got to give him a bit more of a, a chance. I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly, I haven't really noticed him. I mean, he's yeah. really played, he's only played 71 NHL games in his career. Like, mm. Um, I, I, I have, I didn't notice him in the first three games he's really played, uh, sure. this year, which isn't terrible, but you know, the team needs some offense, uh, yeah. from whoever. Yeah. Um, do we want to go to that big question that you sort of mentioned then? Sure. You can start too. <laughs> Who's in the hot seat then? Uh, so let's say worst case scenario, we're not saying this will happen. We're not hoping this happens, but let's right. say the Canucks lose the next three games, right? Let's say yep. the Canucks are three and three, eight and one. Okay. What move do they go to first? Um, it feels like all the online pressure, the social media pressure is on Travis green right now. Yeah. Uh, lots of fans are happy with the moves Jim Benning made this off season. Uh, a lot of other people will say, well, Jim Benning's had eight years and the best roster he's constructed is three, five and one. Um, so typically there's kind of two balancing things here. Typically mid season, it's a coach that gets fired, not a GM. However, typically a GM only gets two coaches, right? Uh, The Willie D era didn't work. If the Travis green era doesn't work well, at some point uh, the GM has had their shot uh, with their two coaches and GMs don't typically get fired mid season. Do you, who, who is on the hot seat then here? Is it coaching? Um, let's say Francesco's fed up with the losses and he says, okay, we need to make a change. Does he fire Travis green, give someone the interim tag for the rest of the year and then let, and then, you know, either Jim Benning gets fired in the off season or he gets to hire a new coach or does he go out, fire Jim Benning, have the new GM come in who then has the option of keeping Travis green on board. It's fascinating, Parker, when you lay it out like that, because we're talking about either a, a two GM, three coach or two GM, two coach model, right? Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. we, we know that a new GM is going to, regardless if he gets fired before or after the coach, will always have the final say for his own coach. So uh, you, you could say fire green first, but then if, if Jim Bain doesn't last, then he might bring in another, a different coach than the replacement to green. Now you're in three coaches in, in two years or you fire betting first and then see what Travis green can do. But then the new GM, then at least you're only two. If the Canucks lose the next two or three and I, God forbid they do. It's hard not to look at the coach. It's hard as much as I would rather see Bennett. Cause I like green more than Benning. It's hard yeah. not to look at the coach and say a three, what a three, seven and one start a three, eight once you go, you went zero and five at home to start off a season. zero and six at home. After so, saying we're yeah. building a playoff team, this is going to be a playoff team. Yeah. And, but I think not even a, but someone using that argument is, is thinking short term, uh, a longer term view, unfortunately, looking backwards would be what has Jim Benning done for us? And maybe this roster isn't as good as, as we thought it was. And then it, the, then it goes back to Benning. So I really think Parker, for me, it's, can you objectively look, I'm not asking you, I mean, can someone objectively look at this and say, if it's the ro- if the roster is on paper is supposed to be way better than what they're playing, then it's a coaching thing. If the roster is not as good as we all made it out to be, including me, then it's a it's a GM thing. That's that's kind of where, and I'm not committing to either one. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's where the split is for me. Yeah, again, I'm in the same boat. I like Travis mm-hmm. Green more than I like Jim Benning. Uh, mm-hmm. However, um, 
I, I think Jim Benning has done a pretty bad job over the first bunch of years of his tenure, right? However, he did go out and put a roster together to compete. Yeah. Um, so I think Jim Benning, I, I think, I don't think firing Jim Benning on like if, if Jim Benning gets fired on Friday, right? What <laughs> nothing changes, right? right? The roster doesn't change. The team yep. doesn't change. I don't think the team gets motivated by it. Um, mm. because I think the team sees it as like, oh, wow, clearly we're not good. Right. Um, <laughs> however, I, I think firing a coach makes a bigger impact on a season because it brings a direct shakeup. Uh, yeah. it, it brings a whole new dynamic to a locker room that firing a GM doesn't. So, right. I think if the Canucks go on a, a, a deeper skid here, I, yeah. I think Travis Green's the first to go. Okay. And then I think Jim Benning gets reevaluated in the off season right. Um, right. would be right. my, my guess. Now I ran a poll on yeah. Saturday night on my live stream and I asked, mm-hmm. uh, would you fire Travis green at this yeah. point? Uh, I had something like 50 responses and yeah. it was 68% said yes, uh, they would fire Travis green. So this is, I, I think I have a pretty moderate, chat like like i think both of us do where both of our our sort of uh our bases are pretty pretty centered like we're neither of us are very like anti anything or for anything no we try to look at everything kind of logically and and not be too emotional about um our thoughts um and and that's the opinion they're going and i'm starting to lean there too if you (laughs) if you if you had told me on october 13th that in in two and a half weeks i'd be thinking about travis green getting fired I'd say you're crazy. I'd be like, no, I, I like Travis Green. I think he's a good coach, but I'm starting to get sold. Just how I kind of got sold on Elias Pettersson, you know, underperforming. And I was like, ah, we're four games in, ah, we're five games in. Yeah. Uh, I'm starting to get a little bit sold down this train of uh, maybe something has to change. Okay. Don't look at the comment section because I saw it, because, but I'm going to ask you. Okay. Hot take, John, the legend himself. He suggested that one of us should be GM and one of us be coach. So, which one would you like to have and which combination of us, the Canucks after dark co-host do you think would work best? I think I'd be a better coach than you. So I okay. think you, you should be the GM. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. I, I like, and I, I think that would be a good combo. Let's do that then. Okay. Let's take let's it hand in our resumes tomorrow. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go, uh, go to Rogers arena and be like, look, we've got a plan. We're taking over. We're fixing this. Um, yeah, yeah mean, if the Canucks if the Canucks come out of this homestand, right? Six games on the road, seven games at home, 13 games. If they come out with anything less than five wins or fewer, whatever the proper yeah, fewer than five wins, that's that's a bad look, man. That's a that means they gotta so that means they gotta win two of the next four. If they don't yeah. yeah. You know what isn't a bad look? Manscaped. Yes. Support for Canucks After Dark is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's Below the waist grooming the champions of the world, Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawn Mower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. So join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you guys, our listeners, 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code CAD for Canucks After Dark, CAD at manscaped.com. Look, it's November. Halloween's gone. Thanksgiving's gone. It's basically Christmas, right? I I pulled the tree out of the closet today. We haven't put it up yet, but we're going to. So 
it's the perfect time. Treat yourself. Hit up Manscaped. Pick up a lawnmower. You deserve it. So get 20% off free shipping with our code CAD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping. Manscaped.com and use code CAD. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Nice. I still have my box. I'm still waiting for the... <laughs> it's somewhere. Okay. I'll open it one day. <laughs> Great job, Parker. Thank you. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I mean, it's the best product ever. Yeah, that's right. Well, no. I mean, you know, you, you, I think you, you trust my word for it. It, uh, it oh, does a good completely. job. Okay. Um, okay. So that takes us to... Um, we're done with this the whole roster thing, the management, the coaching. Um I think this is something we just got to wait and see, right? I, if the yeah. Canucks lose tomorrow, I mean, it's it's getting tight, though. Like, it's it's getting iffy if the Canucks are 0-4 at home. Uh, and I think you're going to – I think the – I saw a tweet. And I don't remember who it was from, but basically the Canucks are sort of in, um, in a pretty good spot because early in the season, fans hadn't been in the stands for 595 days. Uh, there's still sort of this honeymoon phase right now, right? People are happy to be back at the, re- the arena watching games. Uh if, I mean, if Brock Besser doesn't score that goal on Saturday, the team might get booed off the ice, right? Like yeah. it's, it is getting to that point. Uh, if they put up a bad performance uh, against the Rangers tomorrow, this team could get booed off the ice. Um, I, and I'm just saying like something might be, you know, in the cards there. Um, but let's transition to some other topics, some other things going on. Uh, and I guess the main one is Travis Hamannick back in Vancouver, back with the team. Uh, played one game in Abbotsford, which I witnessed on Saturday night. Uh, How was I think he? he was out for all three Ontario goals. Um, <laughs> two of them were on the power or one was on the power play. Yeah. Uh, and it was like a two on one. Uh, it wasn't like he was just a minus out there, but he wasn't like it wasn't like his fault. Uh, there was another goal that, again, he was just kind of on the ice for. Like, I don't he, he wasn't at fault. And then the third goal was in overtime and it was a two on one. And he was the last man back and the pass got past him. Okay. Uh, and they scored. I don't think he looked bad. Um, yeah. He didn't really stand out. It was like, man, that's an NHL player out there with these NHL players. He looked solid, though. Uh, I think he played something like he must have played something like 21, 22 minutes. Like he mm-hmm. was it felt like every time I looked, they were putting him out there. Power play. He played every power play. He played every penalty kill. Uh, he was out on the ice a ton. He looked absolutely fine. Um, and he comes back to join the Canucks. But Probably only for a couple of games here. Uh, how many home games do the Canucks have left? Three more? Four more? Yep. So the Canucks are at home until next Tuesday, November 9th against Anaheim. And then they go on the road to Colorado. Uh, and they're in the States for three straight games there. Um, and this was kind of a, a mess. And I, I I sort of read all the tweets. And then I listened to the VanCast on my way home from the game. And listened to sort yeah. of drance's take on the whole thing and and he was mad like he was mad at how the canucks handled this uh because basically they brought out travis hamnick for this interview um or for media availability and he's like yeah i'm happy to be back with the team you know it was kind of an emotional thing and he was you know he was like very thankful to the canucks organization for how they respected you know his time and his feelings and he's like yep i'm vaccinated i'm ready to play and whatever uh but i'm still following the league protocols and that was where he left it, and that's where they left mm-hmm. it. So then Travis or then Thomas Drantz then has to ask Travis Green, who's out in the following availability, hey, Travis Hamnick mentioned that he's still following the league protocols. Is he vaccinated? And then Travis Green says that he has one dose, yeah. which means if you look at the agreement that the NHL and the NHLPA have for this season, 
um, to be considered vaccinated in any respect, you have to have two doses and be 14 days after your second dose. Um, so right now, Travis Hamnick is considered in the eyes of the NHL an unvaccinated player, which means he can't go to the States to play games. So this is kind of a weird scenario for the Canucks. He's going to come back. He's going to theoretically play these next four games, one against the Rangers tomorrow, against the mm -hmm. Predators Friday, against the Stars Sunday, and then mm -hmm. against the Ducks next Tuesday. Right. But then, I mean, let's say let's say he even gets his second shot, you know, next Monday, right? Well, then he's got to wait two weeks. So then he, yeah. you know, he can't play the following three games in the States, in Colorado, Vegas, and Anaheim. This uh, causes some issues for the Canucks lineup, right? We saw that they reassigned um, Jack Rathbone to Abbotsford, yep. which I predicted because I yep. said, if Travis Hammond's coming back and Rathbone's already getting scratched, well, they're just going to send him to Abbotsford because he's waiver exempt and they won't lose anybody, right? You might as well. There's no downside, especially since the team plays in Abbotsford. So if you want to call him up before a game, it takes an hour to get there. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really weird scenario uh, that the Canucks sort of are going to have this separate lineup for the four, following four games and the three games after that. And if there's injury problems, it can, it can really complicate things, but for the next four games, at the very least, uh, barring injury, uh, the Canucks have uh, a solid defenseman back in the lineup. Yeah, and you laid that out very well. I'd say the only, not even a missing piece, uh, the because uh, I watched the whole 17 minutes uh, of Hamannick, and then I watched Travis Green's eight minutes. So Hamannick did, you're right, he came out and said, I am vaccinated. He didn't say fully. I am vaccinated. I'm following the protocol. And then before Green came out, actually Thomas Drantz asked, Hamannick, can you clarify what you meant? And mm -hmm. then Hamannick said, I will please refer back to my earlier statement. Okay. So nothing new there, right. but Travis, yeah, he, at least, you know, uh, Thomas Trans tried. And then the very first thing Travis Green says is, yes, he's going to get a second shot soon. So you mm -hmm. laid out the timing perfect. It's weird. He can play four at home, then he can't play the three away. If he gets his second shot, for instance, tomorrow or Wednesday, he can actually play as soon as they come back on the 17th, right? If it's, if it's indeed, two weeks uh, out. So mm -hmm. yeah, it, you know, it, w the, the hockey part of this is interesting too, Parker, because when I heard that Rathbone went down and remember, I consider Kyle Burrows a, a right shot guy. I'm saying, what the heck that only lives, leaves three guys on the left between OEL Hughes and hunt. And that technically leaves five guys on the right with Myers, Pullman, Hamannick, Burrows and Shen three and five. And then I I learn about this. Oh, well, Hamannick might can't, can't even play when he go. They go to the states next week. So now it makes sense that they're three and four as opposed to three and five. That's why you keep the right hand mm -hmm. here, and then you find out that Burroughs can play both sides, right? So then I guess that makes a lot of sense yeah. too. Yeah. So from a hockey standpoint, you're right. It, it does. It's easy to say, oh, we got an extra guy, but it's hard to build chemistry and build flow when a guy's in the lineup for three games or four games, and then he's out for the next three, and then he's in for going forward. So that part's tricky for mm -hmm. sure. Oh, but by the way, I said the wrong thing. He doesn't have to get shots, uh, you know, on Tuesday or Wednesday because they're coming right. back home. It's before the next road trip. He'd have so to I have them guess. by next Tuesday, yeah, thanks. theoretically, yeah. to qualify for the following road trip Correct. where they they travel uh, on over to the East Coast. So, yeah, uh, at yeah. most or at minimum, he'll miss three games, uh, and hopefully that's it. Uh, hopefully, you know, as long as he has a second dose by next Tuesday, uh, he'll be good to uh, to go. Good to Pittsburgh on Wednesday, the 24th. Yeah, um, thank you for that clarification for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure.
And another another name coming back for the Vancouver Canucks is Tyler Mott. Yeah. Um, this is such this was such an interesting one because we we knew he was gonna be out for a little bit, and then we saw him at training camp. We saw him out there just shooting pucks after he looked totally fine, um, but not cleared for contact. And then he'd been skating after practice every once in a while for a bit, and then out of nowhere, he comes back today. He's in a full contact jersey, bottom six jersey, he's ready to go, apparently. Um I guess he had some sort of lingering issue in his neck that he had to get surgery on. I don't, was it a yeah. bulging disc? Bulging disc in the upper vertebrae. But don't you love how he just casually dropped in the uh, media of everybody? Oh yeah. You can see the scar right here yeah. on my neck. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Tyler, I love Tyler Mott. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's great. Um, So just candid and, and I know. he's going to big, he's going to be such a big, um, addition back into this uh, into this lineup. So I'm going to pull yeah. up the lines from sure. practice today. Uh, As you that do that, yeah, important. for sure. And we and we all we heard was upper body injury, upper body injury. So there's a lot of speculation that it was concussion, right? Because no one could picture him getting smoked on a hit or bruising a shoulder mm. or or whatever. And then we know that he he's he plays bigger than his size, right? So maybe concussion would make sense. No one knew, and this that he had issues with his neck and, and his in his vertebrae which is crazy which is crazy so looking at the lineup the top nine are kind of the top nine at this point right uh based yeah. on what we've seen uh at least i think pod Colson stays there but uh mm -hmm. pearson horvat hoaglander miller Pedersen besser uh pod Colson dickinson garland right yeah. we can say that those nine are going to be in the lineup yeah. um now they are getting back in theory tyler mott uh which leaves uh justin bailey yeah, uh, Yohu Lamico and Alex yeah. Chason uh, as the current fourth line with Nick Patan and Tyler Mott as extras. Um, let's say, I mean, Tyler Mott was in a full contact jersey. I don't know if he's playing tomorrow. He was an extra in practice. Yeah, so not I, eligible till Friday. Not eligible till Friday. Oh, apparently. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. LTI. Is that why? You got it. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. And they play Friday. They do Nashville. Okay. Sweet. So <laughs> Friday <Yeah. laughs> against Nashville. Yes. Um, what do you think the Canucks do here? Because uh, Tyler Mott does not Tyler Mott normally play the right side. I I've seen him play both depending on who okay. he was stuck with on the fourth line. Okay. Because I think in practice today, um, I think Batch tweeted out that he was slotting in for Chase on on the fourth Correct. line uh, occasionally. Right. So yeah. So yeah. that leads you know okay well maybe Chase on's the the guy that comes out but Chase on is on power play one still, <laughs> right? So. Um, who do you think comes out for Tyler Mott? Would it be Bailey? Would it be Chase on? Yeah. Um, I think if, if Dowling is still not ready to come back, then I think you got to keep Lamico at center. You put Mott on the left and you put Chase on, on the right. So in essence, Mott would be replacing Bailey. If Dowling is, uh, and I, I think Dowling is more effective than Lamico. Then I put Dowling in the middle. I just, swap dowling in for atlamico if heimer is ready then you get a little bit confused because is it Heimer and mott which i would which i would like a lot on, on the two wings right yeah you can play center yeah so a lot of options but typically we have two or three guys that are out and we don't and that's not even including setter right so it's it's hard to tell yeah i agree uh, i i yeah. think i i think bailey is the easier one to take out of the lineup at this point yeah. just because chase on is sort of indoctrinated on that power play one yeah um yeah, I've been liking Lamico uh, a fair yeah. amount, but yeah, I think if someone like Dowling comes back, I think he's been better. If Highmore comes back, 
uh, then I think, yeah, you start, I, I think you're ready to take all that whole fourth line out. Uh, if you were to get like Dowling, Highmore and Mont all back. Yep. I agree. Uh, I, I, agree. I would not be, I would be pretty quick to make that swap. Yeah. Um, the other news from practice is Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh, this was a little scary and we're like, uh Oh, he's not in the lineup and we're keep losing people. And now Hamnick's back, but OEL's out. Um, however, I think he's sick. Was that what, uh, what the that's rumor the, was? That's the, the company line. Story? Right. But again, this is the same team who I love and spent a lot of money, time and energy. And this is the same team that told us Hughes was missing practice with a maintenance day, right? <laughs> yeah. And that Travis Hamnick wasn't going to miss a day at camp. Yes. But yes, they said OEL was sick and that he, sh- he should be fine tomorrow. Okay. Well, hopefully uh, he's back in the lineup tomorrow. If not, things get a little iffy because uh, then yeah. we're looking at a Hunt Myers pairing. Uh, but I, I'm assuming Hunt was just sort of a direct slot in. Got to uh, be a placeholder. For, please, for please. OEL, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, Hughes and Pullman and then Burroughs Hamannick, uh as the uh, as the third pair there. Question for you, Parker. When Hamnick is back up to speed and fully engaged, I know it's early. Would you reunite him with Hughes or would you keep Pullman with Hughes? I think, I don't think it matters because I think halfway through a game, it changes anyways. Um, I think if the team is losing, uh, Pullman plays less. Um, I, I don't know. I think I think you got to start sticking with things. I, I mean, yeah. it's a, one of the many criticisms that Travis Green has been getting is that he's so quick to throw things in the blender. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've literally seen it. Like I had the game I was at against the Wild. I was like, okay, there's 13 minutes on the clock and the lines are wrong already. Yes. Um, yes. So I don't think it even matters <laughs> at this yes. point who you put them with. Cause I, I think it changes in the first period. I don't know if you saw in the third period um, on Saturday night, they were playing Hughes with OEL quite a bit I, mm. for your two off best offensive players. So Hughes stayed on the left and they put OEL on the right, obviously as a opposite shot guy. Uh, not just for that six on four though. There were a couple shifts where they were trying to generate, and uh, so it was interesting to see our two best players play on the same on the same pairing. Our two our two best defensemen, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely interesting. Yep. Um, okay, I don't think there's. I'm just trying to think here. Um, I I was going to talk about Elias Patterson a little bit, but we kind of mentioned that earlier. Um, are you worried about Elias Patterson still, or um, you know? <laughs> Not as much because, like you said, uh, although I didn't know, I, I barely watched the game on Saturday. I was too busy talking to people. But in essence, I understand that he was better. So I, I'm less worried. I'll put it. I'm still a bit worried, but I'm less worried. Does that count? Yeah, I'm in the same boat, right? It's yeah. okay. You can look at that one game and you can have sort of two mindsets. You're like, all right, at least Patterson's he's on the uptrend. He'll be back in a couple of games. He'll be totally fine. You can also look out of the of the mind of. All right, one out of nine isn't great. <laughs> right? <laughs> one good game out of nine is not good enough. Um, but he did seem to be simplifying his game a little bit. Uh, he's firing more pucks at the very least. Um, do you have any shots on goal? He had three shots on goal uh, against the Oilers, which is nice to see. You want to get that up a little bit more. But mm. uh, and he did play 22 minutes uh, against the Oilers, which is a lot more than the uh, than like the 12 we were like 15 we were seeing um, previously. So. Yeah, we can just hope uh, yeah. that this upswing continues, um, yeah. but I'm still a little hesitant. Yeah, um, but you're not as hesitant as he is, I guess. I, I guess so. <laughs> um, all right, let's get some predictions here. We got three games coming up. Canucks okay. Rangers tomorrow night, 7 p.m. By the way, both of us do stuff after the Canucks games. I do a post-game show. Clay does a video. Uh, come watch both of those after the game. Um 
Do you think the Canucks scoring woes continue going into tomorrow night's game? Uh, or do the Canucks figure it out and get a win on the board? Logic would suggest that the Rangers should wipe the ice with the Canucks. The Rangers are six, two and one, right? So they have mm-hmm. 13 in nine. We have seven in nine. So that's why I think the Canucks are going to win. All right. <laughs> I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm going to give you the actual odds on this game. The, uh, okay. the, the puck line here, uh, which is uh, New York Rangers minus 115. The Canucks okay. are minus 105. So almost dead 50, 50 odds. What? Uh, very, very slight favorites to the Rangers. This might be a game I put some money on the Rangers on uh, just because logically it feels like uh, they'd be the better team tomorrow night based on the way the Canucks are playing. But um, yeah, they're they're seeing this as, a, as basically a toss up because we're at home, right? I'm Is sure it? that's part of it. Uh, it's yeah. usually about a three percent difference. Um, oh, but yeah, oh. a, uh, I, I'm going to say I'm going to I'm just hoping the Canucks win. Um, whether it takes uh, an ungodly Demco performance, um, you I, know, Rangers it. are yeah, Rangers are going to get good goaltending too. So yep, yeah, Shesterkin is a good goalie. Yeah. Um, after that, so the Canucks have had a lot of two day gaps, right? They keep seeming to play Saturday then Tuesday, uh, yep. giving themselves Sunday Monday off, and the same thing going into this one, two days off before this one, and then they take on the Predators on Friday at 7 mm. p.m. So another two day gap. Um, very, We're gonna smoke very them. Slow oh, home stand. You're gonna. You're saying that the Canucks are gonna smoke the Predators. Yes, that's the game they bring. I think they squeak out a a two one. We keep losing two one. I say we beat the Rangers two one. This is how optimistic. This maybe this is how stupid I am. And I think we're gonna break out on Friday night because I'm gonna be there and I'm. I want to cheer some goals. I like it. All right, we're gonna say the Predators get rolled and smoked tomorrow by the Canucks, and then. Friday. And then the Canucks on Sunday uh, take on the Dallas Stars, who are three, four, and one. Very similar oh. boat to the Canucks, and they have had tremendous goal scoring trouble. Fifteen goals in the eight games they've played, oh. less than two goals per game. This has all the makings of a absolute snooze fest <laughs> at this point. Um, however, knowing the Canucks, this game is going to be five four. Okay, so are you saying five four Canucks or five four sure. loss? Sure, I'll say the Canucks okay. win. Okay, I'm with you. We're we're in the same mind, so we're three and zero so far. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, Canucks are winning every game this week, guys. Let's go, Travis. Saving Green. both. Yes, Travis, Travis Green, Green gets an extension already. <laughs> uh, the team is back. Um, and then one right, more. That gets, us, that gets us to the Wait, end of our topics. Yeah. I like yeah, this. Good previews. Previews are done. Let's go to you. Uh, the people. This is your time. Get those Q and A's in. I'm going to put the little Q and A yeah. banner up. By the way, while we wait for those questions to pour in, uh, quick shout out. Happy birthday, Lucas. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in and supporting both of us. Uh, yeah. Hope you have a good year. And he um, he's one of our uh, solid moderators. I think I think there a couple people are asking. So we'll we'll talk off air if we need to add any more moderators. I see a lot of action tonight. <laughs> oh, it's a busy one. Uh, I I don't look at the chat during this because I'm so busy thinking. My yes. mind is <laughs> just going. Um, all right, let's get some questions here. <laughs> what are you? Do what it. are you giggling about? Oh, you, just look. You'll see. <laughs> I see a bunch. What are you? What, pick I'm one. I'm looking at Dexter's. Oh, Dexter, asking if I'm single. Um, I'm gonna keep you. I'm gonna keep you in limbo. I can't. I can't. Uh, 
you know, I'm, I don't want to lose all these yeah. fans, you know, that are <laughs> here for my, yeah, you're, you're going to disappoint people either way. So exactly. I'll, 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 I don't want to, don't make so I'll answer that. No, I, I, I'm not single, Dexter, although you weren't asking me. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's do some questions here. I'm just seeing if there's some earlier that we missed, but <laughs> it's hard to scroll back. There's hundreds of comments. Thank you guys, by the way, for leaving all those comments. Hit the yes. like button if you are still here. Uh, first one, Marcus is asking, are y'all doing no, uh, Movember, Clay? Uh, well, if so, you wouldn't see the results till next November. So no, I will I'm, not I'm be in doing the same it. boat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It is. It would be a long month. Uh, I might I would, just for yeah. fun. I might get fired by by my bishop. Just he might just think there's something wrong with me. So <laughs> probably not. Um, and then if, even if I did, I would just trim it off with the manscape thing, anyways. Uh, did Dexter I do that right? Asking because I said we are setting up the tree. Ah, he got me. He was listening in too well. Um, sorry. I he listened better than that. When did I? When did you say that? Was that today? Uh, that was during the manscape read. Because uh, I we're setting up the Christmas tree because November. So that just shows you for the manscape. I try not to tune. I'm not tuning you out. I'm just trying not to break my concentration and interrupt the read that we have to do properly. And that's why you're doing it, not me. Fair enough. I don't yes. think I don't think Manscaped is looking in too in depth at our ad read and being like it better <laughs> say everything perfectly. I think they got a lot of uh, bigger fish to fry. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, let's, uh, Edmund's just asking a simple question. Will both of you guys get NHL 22? I have it. I bought it yesterday. How is it? <laughs> finally. It's fine. It's NHL. <laughs> I finally bit the bullet and, uh, and just went for it. Uh, we, we were gonna, it came out the day of my 24 hour live stream. So we actually taught, um, we thought about doing it, uh, for that night, but then, you know, we didn't want to get messed up with downloading or settings, blah, blah, blah. So we, if anyone buys it, it'll be Sean. He's the only one who plays it in our household, mm. but we, we, he hasn't made a, a big jump for it just yet. Let me know how it is. Maybe you'll, mm. you'll help sell us either way. Uh, I like this question from Shannon. Uh, what sites do you look at for stats and stuff in the NHL? Uh, Cause mm. lots on lots of my post game shows, I'm, I'm on things like natural stat trick. Uh, very good website, uh, basically real-time analytics uh, on the game. Yep. Uh, so if you want to, you know, you can see shots and everything on the NHL's website, but natural stat trick is really good for uh, analytics. I use it a lot. Yeah. Um, oh, um, Lucas is saying if and or when Travis Green is let go, who would you like to see replace him? This is such, I am, this is so out of my depth. Because I don't really know who's available. I've seen names like Bruce Boudreaux, Claude Julian, um, Manny Malhotra, I guess. Although he doesn't really have any uh, head coaching experience. And I feel like the Canucks, mm -hmm. I feel like they got to go veteran head coach at some point here. Yeah, you know, I just I just typed in Google NHL coaches not coaching. I don't think that was the best. <laughs> available would have been a much better word. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, um, where's Galant right now? I don't know in a taxi in Florida somewhere. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> is he is he coaching yet? I don't think so. Because so, I remember he was rumored for the Seattle job, right? Uh, and he oh didn't... no, Glenn's coaching the Rangers, of course. Oh. Okay, okay, that shows you. Yeah, we know we know our coaches. That's for sure. We're doing great. Um, you know, I've always liked Boudreaux. I know there's certain people in the chat. He's literally here tomorrow. <laughs> What's that? He's literally here tomorrow. Like, <laughs> how do we not know these things? Boudreaux's my guy. Boudreaux's your guy. Yeah. I, Boudreaux would be very entertaining, uh, and yeah. that's good enough for me. Yeah. Um, uh, scrolling, scrolling. Oh, Sienna's asking thoughts on the Adam Fox extension. 
absolute steal for the Rangers. He is, he's probably the best defenseman in the NHL right now already. And he's making nine and a half for the next seven years. Yeah. Uh, that's, it is robbery. He is so good. Yeah. Uh, we always talk about these long-term contracts. You might overpay now for a really sweet deal. Well, you know, you're going to get a sweet deal right away, basically yeah. with this guy. Well, maybe 9.5 is a lot, but look how good the guy is. And by year two, by year three, four, five, six, seven, you're laughing. You are laughing all the way to the bank. And so especially can, with yeah. the, with the defense, um, like the market, the way it is right now, uh, I I'm looking at, um, the athletic, uh, Dom decision, uh, who does his sort of projections here. Mm. Um, his market value based solely analytically is $14.7 million a year, um, mm. which I think is the max basically. So basically the Rangers are saving like $5 million a year. They're getting $5 million a year in value on this Adam Fox uh, contract. 5 million every year. He's that good. He is. He's literally, he was the best defenseman in the NHL last year. It's crazy. Wow. Um, yeah, so yeah. yes, I, I agree deal. with you. Excellent deal. Excellent deal. Um, James asking, do you feel that having uh high energy players in Mont and Garland, we have the Canucks, the boost they need. Do you think Mont and Garland, you kind of brought, you kind of alluded to this earlier. Do you think the two of them are enough to help turn things around? Well, it certainly can't hurt, but they need other guys doing what they're supposed to do. They need PD setting up people or sniping. They need Besser scoring. They need Miller um, spending more energy on making good passes than than swearing. They need Horvat to lead. So everyone's got to do their role, but I definitely think Tyler Mott's the type of guy who, you you said it, Parker, people love him and his teammates love him. And he you know he's going to give it all. That's probably how he ended up with the bulging disc. <laughs> so I, I think... Uh, I think it's great. I think it makes, I, I'll say it again. He makes our team tougher to play against. And I don't worry about a team with Mott, Petey, Garland, Hoglander being too small. We've talked about this before, because if you're, if you're skating circles around the other team and making them take penalties, that's how you, that's how you make them pay. Not by trying to beat them up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, who's been your favorite Canuck so far this season? Asks Marcus. Mm, his is Luke Shen, Arbo mentioned OEL and Demko. Yeah. Um, I, I think performance and just kind of surprise and intrigue at being new, I would say it's actually Demko and the two Arizona guys, the two former. I'd say yeah. Demko, Oyel, and Garland for me. For me, it's Garland. If I'm just going by yeah. favorite, uh, yeah. Garland has been so fun, so feisty. Yeah. Just the spins. <laughs> I love the yeah. spins. Uh, and he's just so fun to watch. Uh, so did, I'll you catch his, did you catch his after hours? Um, no, yet? I missed it. It's quite good, especially if you like Garland. He's very, uh, it's interesting. They're talking about the angry little elf nickname. And he basically said, I hope that doesn't stick. He flat out yeah. said that he doesn't like it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. That is pretty funny. It's a, it's a pretty, it's not a great nickname. No, have. no. Um, Dexter asking, why are all the NHL coaches out of shape? Because why would they be in shape? There's no reason to be. That's not your job. They make enough money to eat good. They're on the road all the time. Yeah. They're not the ones skating all the drills, the 40s. Yeah. Um, uh, Brett asking, how do you feel about Quinn's play thus far? It's been fine. It's been fine. It, I, I can't recall too many times where defensively you, you're saying that was a bad turnover. I can't believe he got walked. Or, you know, um, I think offensively he's been hit and miss. He, he definitely creates when he, when he kind of comes off the, the boards and, and dangles. I, I do think he tries to do too much by himself. Sometimes I think he's got to, 
trust his players, uh, his teammates. But if I'm saying we got to take more risks and not be so conservative, that's the kind of guy who's going to do that kind of thing. So I've been, I've been fine with this play. How about you, Parker? I, I test wise. I think he's been good. I think he's been totally fine. Um, hasn't exceeded expectations or anything. Um, I'm looking at his analytics right now and they're not great. And part of this again, comes down to the team, not playing great. Um, he's been out at five on five. I think this is, yeah, this is five on five. He has been out for five goals for three goals against. That's good. Um, however, if you look at, um, scoring chances, he's been out for 53, four 79 against. If you look at high danger, uh, scoring chances, uh, 16, four 34 against, um, and he's starting most of the time. He's starting 62% of his shifts in the offensive zone. Um, so analytically not great. Expected goals is 36.85%. He's starting two thirds of his shifts in the offensive zone, yet he's getting out chanced. The team's getting out chanced. Right. That doesn't include neutral zone. That's just offense versus defense. Uh, It's 24 offensive zone starts, 24 neutral zone, 15 D zone. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's uh, this is if you just look at expected goals percentage, uh, he this is his worst so far. Right. Last year was a 46 The year before 52 this year, 37. Um, However, again, how much of this comes down to him and how much of it comes down to uh, the forwards? having no offensive scoring chances, right? How many yeah. shots are the Canucks just firing from the point and getting nothing from, yeah. uh, which I think is more of the story than the defensive side. Can you please give our, our listeners and our viewers a 30 second explanation, what expected goals means and what number you want to be at? Yeah. So basically expected goals. Um, it, it's basically how many goals have been, how many goals there should have been while you're on the ice versus how many there should have been against you while you're on right. the ice. And that's based on uh, shot quantity, location, um, like a pass that had been made before uh, who it is shooting. Like there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of stuff that goes into it. Um, basically you want to be above 50%, right? If right. you're, if you're at 50%, that means you have been out for half of them. Uh, and yep. if you're higher than that, that, then you're great. 37 is rough. Um, but again, <laughs> I think a lot of it, uh, is the because the expected goals for number is so low, not that the expected goals against number is so high, right? We've seen Quinn Hughes play 157 minutes of time at five on five this year, yeah. 157 minutes, and he's been out there for less than four expected goals at five on five, four goals in 157 minutes. Uh, that's that's the problem. It's not the goals against six and a half isn't great, but it's not that's not it. It's the uh, it's that the team isn't producing offensively. So what's he doing then? I don't know. Skating around. <laughs> He's shooting a lot of pucks from the point, I guess. Uh, and, and in all, that's all the team's doing. And in all seriousness, obviously the team is a lot better with possession numbers when Quinn Hughes, we saw that when he, that one game he didn't play, but it's one thing to possess the puck, but it's another thing to, as you've been making the point for the last couple of minutes is to create good scoring chance. So that, that's kind of what I mean. I, I think he kind of, Rags the puck in a good way, gains the zone. Maybe he's one of the guys that can gain the zone. But then what comes after that? What com- what happens once you're in the zone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not a good look. Mm-hmm. Now I'm sad. Thanks, man. Um, all right. We are low on time. Any more you want to take here? No, I've just been trying to listen and 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 concentrate. There's a lot of good ones, but I, I think I don't think we're gonna get to everything. Uh 
Oh, you know, Marcus asked this twice, so uh, let's just put it out. It's just a, a quick poppy question. It has nothing to do with the Canucks, mm. but I think it's a good, good. Yeah. When are poppies making an appearance? No one here in downtown Montreal wears one, and it's generally very depressing. You, for me, I, I see them more once Halloween ends, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Yeah, so maybe I think it's usually yeah. November 1st is when, yes. when people sort of. I haven't, I haven't left the house, so I haven't had an opportunity to purchase one. Uh, yeah. and you're not going <laughs> to wear one on your hockey jersey either, right? No. So, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll pick one up, though. I always do. Um, yeah. And then, you know. Ditto. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, I don't leave the house anymore, so <laughs> I stay inside all the time. <laughs> all right. Let's wrap it up there. Thank you guys very much for hanging out with us. While you're here, hit the like button, hit subscribe. Go follow on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Uh, If you missed any part of the show, you can rewind. I know it's late, so you can do it in the morning or you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. It does help us up. It moves us up the charts, which is great. And also leave us a five-star review. Hit subscribe. There's so many things you can do to help us out. Uh, Hit up Manscaped if you want to buy yourself a Christmas present. Um, uh, And I think that's it. Clay, any parting words for the night? Well, I love our optimism, Parker, despite the fact that our team is three five and one, but we have them going three and zero this week. <laughs> I think, I think I'm optimistic because they didn't play. They haven't played in two days. <laughs> if this had, if the Canucks had played tonight and right. put up that performance, I would have probably said the Canucks are going to be zero and three this week. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, my, I get the dip from the loss and then I get excited for the next game and uh, hopefully they can, uh, they can make me happy. So I have a fun post game show tomorrow night. Yes, we want you to be happy. And I want to be happy bowling and watching a game with no sound on it. But listen, watching the score, watching the Canucks score, why I hear the sweet sound of all the pins dropping. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Okay. Thank you guys very much for hanging out with us. Uh, we will see you. I guess we'll both see you a couple of times this week with the Canucks <laughs> playing. And then we'll have another episode for you next Monday at 10 p.m. Make sure you're subscribed for that. Uh, and have a good November.